Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to our podcast and pretty please leave us a royal rating of five stars. And to get in touch with us, send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We have so much coming up on this show this week, Rachel. I can't believe all of the royal things and all of the royal uh, engagement. So this week we're discussing the Queen's mini trooping ceremony that was last weekend, Megan's heartfelt audio letter to one of her favorite patronages, the end of Kate Middleton's photo campaign, the Jessica Mulrooney controversy, and so much more. But first, royal refreshment time. Priorities. Uh, yes. <laughs> what are we sipping this week? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Well, so Roberta and I both did some relocating, so we've had to kind of get a little extra scrappy with our with our uh, alcohol supply. <laughs> we changed states. Yeah, so we both I am did now the in New same Jersey. exact day, which is so crazy. And I'm I know. now in Massachusetts, inching my way back to New York City, one phase of reopening at a time. <laughs> yeah. So I have iced coffee because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> this day just needs a lot more coffee than I could. A lot more have. caffeine. Yeah, it's not exactly as fun as our normal drinks, but it's, we're tired. it's keeping me going. Yeah. We're tired. Well, it's so funny because um my husband actually just made a trip that this like midday today to the Packy, which is what we call it in Massachusetts. The Packy. The Packy. And um he came back with some I had requested rose. Um <laughs> I keeping I know we drank it last week, but I just I mean it's summer. You gotta drink rose. Yeah. And um and it was funny because he actually bought non-chilled bottles. So I was like, well I'm not gonna open that. Oh, yeah. No. I gotta chill. Although that, I so. threw a lot of ice in mine yeah, Remember yeah, last week true. I had a ton of ice in it. Whatever. That's true. Man. That would have been fine. <laughs> you gotta make do. Yeah, you so gotta now do you're drinking a so beer. I'm, I so he also bought a bunch of cider. And I felt like that oh, was kind cider. of fun and and English. So it's like a storm along. Actually, this is an American hard cider. That's not really. But it sounds kind of Boston, like hard yeah, cider. Totally. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's a legendary dry one. I like my um. I like ciders if I'm going to drink them a little bit dry. So that's very cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Uh, so while we're sipping, we want to share a super lovely email we received from Kristen. She said, hi, ladies. This morning on my walk, I was able to finish episode eight from May 28th. I was so bummed that I listened so late. I'm a failure. No, you're not. You're, you're not at so all. Not, oh my Kristen. gosh, I'm impressed. <laughs> she that said, you're even that. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to keep up. She's, She said, I was really interested in your royal high from the week. I think she's talking about, yeah, she's talking about Rachel. So she said, I really wanted to watch the royal fashion talk from Hampton Court Palace. Luckily, I was able to find the recording saved so I could participate and watch. Yay. Thank you so much for the recommendation. I absolutely loved it. Bowie, your that high from your week was such a hit. I'm so glad that you found it and that um, you were able to watch it. I also struggled, even though I talked about it in the pod as my high and then um, had great intentions to watch it. It was a real struggle to make it happen. Like I had my son Finn and he was like closing my laptop and it was like, but, and he was waking up from his nap right when it was going on. But I agree. It was totally worth it. I loved it. Um, I loved all the details about um, Princess Diana's Travolta dress. Yeah, what was your favorite? What was your favorite part? So, well, I, I thought it was really interesting because they obviously talked about um, the process of getting and acquiring the dress, but they also gave a lot of kind of background facts about that night when Princess Diana did visit the White House. Right. And supposedly, yeah. supposedly Nancy Reagan had to really persuade John Travolta to ask to get up the courage to ask Diana to dance, which I thought was kind Stop. of cute. Yeah. And she was like pressuring him for a while. And then when he finally did, you know, the photos make it seem like it was like one 
you know, waltz around the ballroom or something like that. Right. But apparently they danced for half an hour. And the DJs, what? who are, were apparently really funny guys, played some, played a lot of like songs from Travolta's movies, like You're the One That I Want from Greece. No, and, you're kidding And me. I think the other one was um, from Saturday Night Fever. And it just made me laugh. Like, I feel like um, Lucy Worsley, who was who's the Historic Royal yes, Palace's yeah, yeah. joint chief curator, was hosting the chat. And she just had all this background kind of insight. And I, I loved I loved picturing that evening. So I um, love that. Yeah. That's so funny that they so, were dancing to, to those yeah. songs. I know. That's I thought amazing. it was really cool. But so, Kristen, I hope that you felt the same way. And I, I think it's awesome that you were able to find it online. Yeah. And then you can watch it after the fact, because I know that's been on my to-do list for quite some time I know. to go watch it. And I just haven't had a minute. So yeah. that's quarantainment. <laughs> yes. That's definitely going to happen this this week or weekend, I hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but thank you for writing in. We honestly love love hearing from you guys. Um, so now, next up, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. This is kind of a uh, you know a little bit you know not the the usual players, but um, this week um, is the marriage of Prince Edward, the third son of Queen Elizabeth, and Sophie Rhys Jones. It took place twenty one years ago, and Sophie is, I feel like, becoming you know. A mainstay. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about her a lot. Yeah, and people are loving, loving the Sophie content. So I'm excited to learn more. So tell us more. Totally. So they were married on June 19th, 1999 at St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, which is Exactly where Meghan and Harry would wed 19 right. years later. So yep. we all are very familiar with the with where that location is. Um, and a fun fact, Edward is actually the only offspring of Queen Elizabeth who hasn't gotten a divorce. I thought that Wait, was kind of... whoa. Yeah, I, I guess didn't even realize we, all, that. we all knew it, but I just didn't I, – I thought reading about it, that kind of was, was a fascinating – little so detail. Charles, Andrew, and Anne have all, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Really so, interesting. Um, Sophie's also become, as we just said, somewhat of a royal staple these past few months. Um, and she is also known to be one of the Queen's favorites, which uh, we mentioned last week when we talked about her new profile in the Sunday Times magazine. Um, the couple, this is kind of cool. They reportedly met at a tennis match, which I believe was a fundraiser in 1993, and they announced their engagement in January 1999 and were married in June of that same year. I feel like the royals have a quick – they it's get engaged. Turnaround. It's like six-month yeah. wedding planning process. Yeah, um, very uh, – I feel like in the U.S. at least, usually it's like – I mean, not usually. I guess everyone has different timelines, yeah. but I feel like a lot of the weddings I've been to, it's like six to even 18 months yeah, of an engagement. Totally. So that totally. seems like they really have it down pat. Those- Do you think it's totally – I think we've talked about this before. Like they don't have to worry about booking a venue ever. <laughs> right. That okay. Right? So that's – and you have a team of people planning all the details. So I guess that would definitely help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that's just crazy to me. I mean, in, in that case, it's like why don't why wait at all? Just yeah, like why wait at all? Yeah. Just like snap your finger, royal wedding. It's all ready to go. They have yeah. like a book that just like tells you what to do. Exactly. This is how you do it. Pay by number. Um, yeah. But so on their wedding day, the queen also conferred the titles of the Earl of Wessex and Viscount Severn. How how do you say that, Roberta? Vis- Viscount Severn. I think you're right. Yeah, Severn, I don't know. Um, someone upon, correct us. Yeah, someone correct us. Upon Prince Edward. And so Sophie also became known as Her Royal Highness, the Countess of Wessex, which is how a lot of times we refer to her here. And I um, always get that wrong. I always say Count and Countess of Wessex, which is not correct. It's Earl, Earl and Countess of Earl Wessex. Earl and Countess. I think I say the same thing. Yeah. Um, their ceremony was actually a relatively intimate affair. They didn't want military or ceremonial state involvement, so they didn't even invite Prime Minister Tony Blair. But they did invite John Travolta and Andrew Lloyd Webber, which we're having Lots of John Travolta content. Yeah, in this what episode. is <laughs> what's going on? It's like a this weird feels- <laughs> double appearance of John Travolta in this episode. This feels like <laughs> an Easter egg hidden. Like why? Why is John Travolta again in our episode? Maybe we need to have him on a future episode or something because oh he must have a lot of royal ties. He has he a has, lot of I mean, connections. He really does so many connections. Um, Sophie also wore a silk organza wedding dress that was layered with a long, long sleeved V neck coat, and it was actually two separate pieces designed by Samantha Shaw. Um, it reportedly contained 325,000 pearls and crystal beads. And I thought this was also interesting that the couple served beef stroganoff for dinner. <laughs> Wait, beef stroganoff. So that's like, is that like beef stew? 
I'm trying to think of what I think so, but I think it has um, a good amount of noodles, if I'm correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right? Isn't okay, it kind of served over noodles? But isn't that kind of – beef stroganoff sounds, sounds messy. I don't know. Is sounds that very messy. For a wedding? Yeah. Maybe she didn't eat that much. I feel like I didn't really eat at my wedding. <laughs> I don't know. Um, interesting choice. But this is my very favorite detail, that the couple's 10-foot-tall chocolate cake was made by Linda Fripp and adorned with – it was adorned with daffodils, but also sugar tennis rackets. Tennis rackets on a wedding cake. Like, wh- that's I mean, I, a first. I like that's the a nod first. to how they met, but I did kind of – and I did try to dig up some photos to look at it, and it's, I think, a fairly subtle. Like, I think that they were maybe sprinkled on, you know, Like, very delicate-looking tennis rackets. Yeah. Mars, Mars, marzipan? Marzipan, yeah. Mar- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's so interesting, though. They were like, we have to have – and I don't think – do they play tennis? They must. What? I mean, they must – I think – or is it a shout out to where they first met? I think it's, it's hard a shout to out to where it, I think okay. I read it was a shout out to where they first met there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, That's pretty I think funny. I wanted you to talk about so there the controversy around the Hertiera though there was a minor controversy. Oh yeah, so I read um, that the tiara. Everyone's you know when there's a royal wedding, I feel like you expect to see two things. You are looking forward to seeing the dress because no one really knows what it looks like, and then you're looking forward to seeing the tiara that they pick out because it's. There's only, you know, a hint. Well, I'm not even sure how many tiaras, but there's a set number of tiaras that you can choose from. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, are quick to identify them because you're like, oh, that's the lover's knot tiara. That's the Cartier halo, whatever. For her tiara, for Sophie's, um, it was one that had never been seen before. So I think that kind of threw people through a loop. And also... um, it was had parts of Queen Victoria's regal circlet, which is um, her tiara. And so they kind of disassembled Queen Victoria's little crown and um, and put this together, I guess, like, um, uh, you know, hodgepodge of pieces from it. <laughs> um, and then Sophie, and I think this is the part that kind of just doesn't look that great in pictures is that her her veil is so thin and so delicate that over this really pointy tall tiara is her veil and it just does not the silhouette is like not great Mm -hmm. um it just looks very pointy underneath and you can't really tell what's going on so i think that that was like what the controversy was about yeah i just feel like people couldn't identify it they didn't know where it was from so people were scrambling like this is like a thing with royal weddings, people like always try to ID. It's like the first you thing know. you ID. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that and the yeah, dress. and then yeah. it, paired with her kind of clunky, yeah, cross necklace and matching earrings, which, in my opinion, and and you know, shut me down if I'm wrong, but they were very unique and not very wedding like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like very big pearls. Um, that Edward designed himself, so I mm-hmm. think she probably felt pretty obligated yeah maybe it was a wedding day gift or something yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. not a big not a big fan but you know the also like 19 1999 yeah yeah might have just been it was just the style i guess i'm not but i think people did call out that it was they were clunkier than expected or something even back then so it wasn't they they definitely like strayed from tradition i think Mm because usually i feel like wedding jewelry is pretty delicate and hers was like kind of in your face um but her dress was a v-neck so it kind of like accented the necklace and like that it it, that was fine Mm -hmm. but it was not like i don't know i don't know i feel bad like criticizing her no no i mean it's interesting just kind of looking at the differences of among you know royal weddings and things like that because usually they are so like as you said, delicate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sophie and Edward were determined to make it work with their commercial work. Um, he had a TV production company and Sophie started her own PR firm, but they both ended up becoming working royals in 2002. And this is interesting too. She suppose- Sophie supposedly does more events than any working royal spouse. In 2019, she had 236 events, which was more than Prince William. <laughs> That's King pretty surprising to yeah. me that she's that was doing a Times a piece. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that she talked about that. She's like, I've always been doing a lot. I think it's just becoming more in the spotlight. And, you know, not to say that she's filling the void that Meghan and Harry left behind, but she definitely, they seem to be kind of um, putting her at the forefront of a lot of things. So that's really exciting. Yeah. But yeah, I love that they tried to make it work with their own um, careers and that didn't really pan out there was a little bit of a scandal with sophie but you know then she kind of they both decided to come back to the royal family as senior working members what was the Um, scandal 
don't even. Oh, you don't. Oh, it's like that she was set up at a. She was so. So like this was uh, someone, a journalist posing as a client for her PR firm. And they recorded the conversation. And she said some pretty like scandalous things about the queen and Prince Charles. Oh, my oh yeah, was it? It was a scandal. That's awful. It's like such a that's to be. I, like oh, that. it was so it was so bad. And and Kenzie, Buckingham Palace denied a lot of it. I think. Um, but yeah. yeah, and after that, I think it was just it just wasn't going to work out. And but they tried to make it work, and they're they're definitely untraditional. I think, which I respect in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like the fact you mentioned that they didn't have the prime minister there. It wasn't like. A military or state affair. It was very intimate wedding. They wanted to keep it that way. They did their own thing in a lot of respects. And so I do admire that. I think that Sophie is her own person. And I like to think that that's why the queen admires her so much is that she is like not afraid to just do her. Yeah. Going to just be an individual. And she stands out in the royal family in her own way. So I, I really like her. That totally. About her. Another example of them doing things their own way, um, last detail about this piece of royal history, is that they the pair actually famously declined a wedding kiss for photographers as they left the chapel. And they did do the balcony appearance at Buckingham Palace, but only to wave. Interesting. So no, no public photos of them kissing at all. During the wedding. Not for journalists. Yeah, not for the people covering it. They didn't come out like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle came out and kissed on the steps of the of the chapel. I mean, Kate and William, I think, kissed twice. So yeah. they just declined that. But I, I you know, to each their own. To so. each their own. I know. It's like they really wanted it to be their own. Their own yeah. little. And he's um, also the youngest son of the queen. So he's probably like, you know what? I don't want this. He's been through it with all of, you know, so he many been through times. It. So yeah. many times. Yeah. Yeah, well, happy anniversary, you guys. (laughs) Walk down memory lane. Yeah. That was nice. So this week's news, our first up, we have Queen Elizabeth's first royal event since quarantine, Trooping the Color. So she had a mini Trooping the Color and her first Zoom call. I can't believe at 94 she is mastering Zoom. It's pretty amazing. Um, So we'll start with, um, well, we actually are going to start with the new picture of Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Prince Philip uh, for the Duke of Edinburgh's 99th birthday. So they released a new picture after we recorded the pod. So we didn't get to talk about it. Uh, But there are questions floating around of whether it was photoshopped. Have you seen that? I did. I mean, I... I just can't. I saw that that was a bit of uh, that was coming up about the birthday photo, but I just can't imagine that that would be what would happen. I just I feel like what would be I feel like they know they would that they get caught, right? Well, because also they they constant release constantly release old photos. Like, I mean, they did a whole tribute for Prince Philip's birthday that was just a ra- a montage of older pictures, like throwbacks, yeah. throwback photos. So I feel like I don't know what what the point would be of of making that effort of being like this is a current. Like, I just think that they would have just posted another throwback and said Happy Birthday, Prince Philip. Like, I just think that that's kind the of the only crazy. thing I can think of, and which I think has been kind of like going making the rounds online, is that like. Perhaps Prince Philip is at Sandringham, which is where he likes to spend a lot of his time. So I, I just don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I totally don't think it is. I, the only thing that looked a little off to me was her hands. The Queen's hands appear a little bit outlined, mm-hmm. and I think that's I what people that, are yeah. referring to. They look like a little bit cut out. But other than that, it's like the lighting looks right. They're wearing new, like we clothes we haven't seen them in outfits. So it's just also like portrait mode can do weird things with the, with the lineup. That's and true. maybe, maybe they tweaked a little That's bit. True. You My know what I mean? portrait mode photos always look very bizarre. Especially like if, depending on if you're on like an iPhone or an Android, I always feel like my husband has an Android and his portrait mode is a little bit different. But the other thing that made it seem legit to me is that the credit is press association. So the assumption is that a journalist actually came in and took that photo as like documentation. Oh, okay. So I was like, you know what? It seems to me that it was legit. I'm trusting the palace. <laughs> Whatever the case, I love seeing them together. I love new photos of them. They can Photoshop whatever. It's yeah. as, as long as we get new pics of the queen, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Um. And then next up, the queen joined her first ever public Zoom call at 94. Roberta and I kind of freaked out when we saw this. We were like messaging and chatting. I was like, she's and, like, on Zoom. She's on Zoom. I <laughs> mean, it's just so cool because, you know, as, as we know, like since March, the royals have really, all the royals, like Charles, Camilla, Kate, William, Meghan, Harry, they've all really kind of jumped. Um, You know, they've been really savvy about doing all the Zoom stuff, but we really haven't seen the Queen. She's done her formal addresses and things like that. Um, So this was a kind of a big moment. 
Yeah, she totally mastered it too. I feel like um, it's only we get a very short clip, but um, but we're gonna play that right now. Interesting listening to all your tales and stories, and I'm very impressed by what what you have achieved already. So I'm very glad to have been able to join you today. <laughs> I love hearing her voice. By the Me way, too. And she seems like so. Um, genuine and and just so she, it, the the call was for carers week in the uk and it actually took place um kind of a while ago june 4th but it was shared to their instagram june 11th and as you could hear in the clip there was some expert video editing on their part they had like some background music and stuff um and she was the last to join the call and the first to leave following you, typical royal protocol so i loved this that you know i i did i think that that's so cool i love that you called that out when you yeah that, because you like she's that. not supposed to walk behind anyone she's not you know she's always the um first to leave an event. So I think that they try to keep some semblance of royal protocol, which I really, um, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, so she congratulated people. And also um, Princess Anne was on the call with her. So it was like, if anything goes wrong, it's like, mom, I'm here. It's fine. <laughs> like if it I, freezes. Yeah, I really like the rapport. I love seeing more of Princess Anne. I just think that she has such a natural, um, good natured energy about herself. And, um, and, and I also just really liked seeing the queen set up. I just... I think that she just always is – there's something so comforting every time we see her. I don't know yes. what it is for me. She just – she seems like as she ages, she's not aging to me. Like she's still just this voice of um, duty and all of the things that she stands for. And it's – I I think if anyone hasn't watched that clip, it's it's worth it. But I do think that the, with the editing, they could, they could turn the music down just a touch. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the queen, not the music. But I mean, it's like the background music almost you have to wonder if it's like covering some kind of audio, you know, audio sins that they couldn't <laughs> figure out how to get out of there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But she did an amazing job. And um, yeah. so that was that was really nice to see her on there. And then finally, on Saturday, they had a mini trooping the color at Windsor Castle parade and balcony um where they all the royal family all crowds on the balcony that just can't be done this year obviously and so they canceled um the trooping the color how it would normally take place in london with the coronavirus so instead the queen sat under a dais on the quadrangle of windsor castle to watch as the first battalion of welsh guards serenaded her to mark her official birthday the videos and photos from this are so lovely she looks so happy in some of the photos where she's like about to walk out uh, the soldiers are actually social distancing, so they would normally be shoulder to shoulder for things like this, but instead they stood six feet apart and they played music and marched and did all these really intricate formations. Um, and it was just really nice to see her and yeah. see the whole ceremony. I it. loved it. And I loved the varying, um, like the footage that they shared, the time time lapse one, where it was all the yes. guards out. Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. like they got kind of creative with, with like, how they presented pal, the content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, royal family getting fancy with that timing there. of the video there yeah exactly and i think it was really cool to see everyone um you know twitter account gertz royal shared the images of the staff watching the parade from the windows i think that clearly even though everyone had to practice that social distancing there was a lot of support and energy and enthusiasm for the fact that it was taking place yeah i think they, they i think she would have just been happy that you know that they do get to celebrate because I think, you know, sometimes it's more for the people who are doing the ceremony than her, actually. So I feel like that the fact that the this Welsh guard, usually it's um the all of the guards, I guess. It's like the Irish guard and mm -hmm. whatever. But it, this was just um, members of the Welsh guard and the household division. And so um, I think that they were probably so excited to be there, too, and to actually get to do it. And in, to honor the uh, the Welsh guards, she the queen wore a diamond leek brooch, which I guess a leek is a symbol of Wales. And so she wore that on her turquoise coat and had a matching hat and just looked. There's a picture of her right before she steps out that she looks has the biggest smile on her face. And I, I guess as they're doing their formations and stuff, she's like nodding to each of them as they turn, they like turn their heads to look at her at one point. Um, so I thought that was just so nice. They were it must have felt it so nice for her to have some formality and kind of dress for the occasion and really just, you know, have, have something feel borderline routine. Change you know? out of her sweatpants. And yeah. Kind of and that's all it took. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I wonder what she does wear um, at home when she doesn't have an like a some sort of a, you know appearance or royally scheduled. We duty need to ask um, 
Angela Kelly. Yeah, we Isn't need to ask the, Angela Kelly, the like dressmaker. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. How much, how much prep or getting ready time does she put into just her home clothes? I kind of wonder if it's still like pant, like a dress shirt and pants. You know what I mean? Or like a horse riding outfit, <laughs> like stretchy horse. I mean, I'm sure she has so much interaction with her staff, even if she not like close interaction, but like with the people that are quarantining with her that I yeah. imagine that she probably wants to continue to have formality. Right. But, yeah. You can't, I mean, the queen's sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She can't be seen in that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, so it's, next- it's cool to to just have so much. Um, we're, we're I'm getting excited at how much we're starting to see the royals out and about again. So much. I know. Yeah. It's like all, it kind of feels like all of a sudden, like we've seen so much of all of them. So I, yeah. I am really excited for that. It feels I mean, I hope, you know, the queen probably will be in lockdown for a while because she is in that kind of vulnerable age group and needs to stay safe and all of that. But yeah, it's it seems like it's kind of moving pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean, the next few weeks maybe we'll see them out and about in social distance settings of like kind of greeting people from afar and exactly doing all of the normal um engagements that they usually do so but yeah next up we have megan and harry news so womp womp their charity launch is officially delayed archwell's no is not coming in 2020 um but probably for the best because they are focusing on other things so According to The Telegraph, sources said the couple were responding to current affairs. They're redirecting their efforts to the Black Lives Matter cause and the wider repercussions of the COVID-19 pandemic. I think that this makes sense because we've all had to really pivot during this time. And I think it just proves sort of their nimbleness um, and and sort of their smarts about how they're proceeding with, you know, keeping their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world. And I'm really sad. Obviously, I want I'm desperate to know what is ahead for Archwell, but Same. I think that it, you know, they're they're doing things the way that they should. Yeah, and it makes me think that like the uh, Black Lives Matter movement that we we did mention last week that they had kind of been talking to community leaders and people really involved with that and educating themselves about it. It makes me think they're going to be taking kind of a bigger role in mm-hmm. that in some way. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I have no idea if that's for sure. But with them delaying this launch, it's like maybe they do have a couple things in the works right now that are separate from Archwell that they really, you know, have become passionate about. Um, and there's just so much going on. It's like kind of not the right yeah, time. It would totally. feel weird. Um, so yeah, it might be a while. Per the Telegraph, it's understood that they will now postpone public announcements for the foreseeable future with no official Archwell projects until next year. So we won't see anything related to Archwell till 2021, which actually it's like coming so fast. It's I know. It's like, remember when March was like, it took so long to get through March and then it's just kind of started now to it's fly. Like almost yeah. July, it feels like. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also doing other things. So behind the scenes, Megan released an audio message to the Hub Community Kitchen on the third anniversary of that terrible fire the uh, from Tower, June yeah. 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the actual audio clip, which I would have loved to hear, as I'm sure we all would have, um, is not to be found. The Evening Standard, I guess, has the exclusive on this and they um, have clips or they have, you know, transcript um, clips from her message. In the message, she said, I'm so proud of you. And so is Harry. We are sending so much love to you from across the pond and thinking of you today, as I'm sure it's a difficult day, but also one where you can look at how much you've accomplished in the past three years and how you can continue to give back and be an example of all of those around you. Um, so I, I love that she called it across the pond because I say that and I feel like people in London don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I say it all the time. No, I I think, um, but it's so, I, I think that Harry and Meghan just stay so aligned in all the causes they cared out uh, that they were passionate about with as senior members of the royal family and i i love that they're they stay so committed to that and i i just think it's really amazing i i also can't believe that it's already been the third anniversary of that my but. gosh i know and i think it was like 72 people lost their lives in that fire it was mm-hmm. really and so her work with the hub community kitchen has really um has People say it's one of her favorite patronages, and I can see why they would say that. It's because, like, the cookbook that she mm-hmm. did with them, she's visited uh, at least a few times. She had a video call with them um, during the coronavirus pandemic earlier in the spring. And so she really has stayed involved and it's, is very passionate. And I know that with the money from the cookbook, which they raised, I think, half a million euro wow. or half a million pounds, mm-hmm. they, um, 
re renovated the kitchen and it looks amazing and so that was really nice and um it seems like a project that she is just she cares a lot about and i'm interested to see his audio message like the new video because i wonder if they're worried that like video like us seeing them kind of takes away from the point of that's the a good point actually i think that that is a really good argument about that like i think that it you know they want their words to be the more impactful part and i think when there is a visual it kind of is a very different um, you know, people start talking about what what they're wearing, even though they've done such a great job of of wearing something that's completely kind of plain, yeah, plain, and not makes it not about them. I do think that it it allows us to kind of focus on the message versus the visual. Yes, definitely. I think that's like all a lot of um, like newspapers and websites can focus on sometimes is is the visuals, and so um, this might be a new thing for them. Who knows? Mm -hmm. We'll have to, we'll have to keep track of that. Mm -hmm. But then also, so Prince Harry wrote a letter to private Joseph Hammond, a 95 year old world war II vet who, uh, is determined to raise 500,000 pounds for frontline workers and vulnerable veterans in Africa. I love this story. Mm -hmm. He's walking 14 miles, um, to raise this money. And he shared a video of himself reading the letter from Harry and his reaction is incredible. So we're going to play that. Megan and I send you our warmest wishes. Whoa! 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 This is marvelous. Private Joseph this is marvelous. <laughs> From Harry. Yes. Gee, this is a surprise to me. The Queen's of Paris. Yes. Oh, this is marvelous. <laughs> the Queen's of Paris. Yes. I will show it to my niece. She's yes. here. Yes, She's yes. Here. Yes, yes. Oh, Harry. Yes. The Queen's own palace. <laughs> so, so happy. It and it's such... the best video. If yeah. you guys haven't watched it, you have to watch it. Yes, yeah, so much um, joy. It's amazing. Yeah. In the letter, Harry said that Private Hammond brought a huge smile to his face and said that even at 95 years young, I imagine it was not an easy task to walk 14 miles to raise money for these frontline workers in Africa. So um, for background on this, Private Hammond is kind of falling in the footsteps of Captain Tom Moore, who we kind of heard about and who um, all of the royals acknowledged and sent letters to and all that. So um, Private Hammond actually posted a new video recently sending a letter back to Harry, which now I think they're going to be lifelong pen pals, and sent baby Archie a little gift. It was a, a stole that said, God bless Archie. So cute. And so I think so he's just, sweet. I love that this relationship. Like these the pen most, pals developing. Yeah, yeah, the most feel good, like warm, fuzzy video that I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and then last bit of Sussex news is that uh, Doria has officially moved in with the Sussexes. According to some reports, they say she has her own suite, which the son referred to as Granny Annex at their Beverly Hills home, which that's the Tyler Perry mansion that everyone's talking about that they're staying at currently. Um, and that's so she can be close to baby Archie, which I thought yeah, was really nice. I think that that's nice. I mean, I feel like this is still, it's still kind of, we don't officially know, right? That I think it's still, yeah. It's, it's still it's, like a, a little bit of a, it's a, it's a, there are some reports. It's so not I feel confirmed. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not confirmed. confirmed. So, it, it, And it is the sun, which is one of those tabloids yeah. that are blacklisted from the Sussexes. So yeah. who knows? I mean, it seems super logical as someone that just, uh, you know, understands like. Yeah, I wait, oh, you're in the same situation. I just, yeah, I literally <laughs> just moved in with my parents so that I could have some childcare support. And, you know, Your it's like care. during quarantine, it's really, it's really difficult. So I totally get what they are um, experiencing. I feel like if Doria is nearby, it's a no brainer that they would want her to be in that granny annex for help <laughs> for sure and i think even though they're not leaving their house very much probably because of coronavirus i'm sure they're still like what so if they busy. both have zoom calls at the same oh my time gosh. that's <laughs> literally our problem all the time yeah, yeah. That's, that's you <laughs> that's like me. that is you that's what parents are going through right now i think yeah. so um that's so nice that they can just be like mom can you watch and i yeah. i've read a couple places that doria and harry get along really really well yeah. so that's that's amazing um and then yeah i just feel like He's just such a stand-up guy, that letter. I feel yeah. like I just... Ugh. So I, I I, think that there's so much... Uh, I love weeks when we have a lot of Harry and Meghan news because they, there's so much uh, going on. Behind, you know, we're all at home, but but it's nice to kind of hear all that they're doing. And like with the audio clip and the letter, it's they're, do, they're really doing... They're going their own way to support people and causes and things like that, but doing it in a way that keeps their efforts not about them. Right, exactly. Really and, cool. and there's a lot of... Um, 
Kate Middleton news this week, too. Yeah. So, as always. I feel as like always. I, as always. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kate Middleton, this is exciting. The day that this episode airs, we obviously recorded a couple days ahead, um, is the final deadline for her Hold Still um, virtual photo campaign that she launched during COVID. Um, so it's June 18th. Submit, well, I guess today, by the end of the day, you have to submit your photos because um, this is will be the day that it airs. Yes. Um, but as a reminder, the top 100 photos will be on display as part of a virtual ex- exhibition hosted by the National Portrait Gallery, of which Kate is patron. Um, Kate took to her Instagram to keep the momentum going and show off a few of her favorite pics. So we're going to play a clip from that. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everybody who's taken part and contributed to Hold Still. I've seen some amazing images and I just wanted to share some of those images with you today. The first image I wanted to show you was this one, which I think is fantastic. And I think a lot of families out there can probably relate to this, which is a sweet little girl in the background trying to sing Elsa's Let It Go. So I wanted to play that part of the clip because it was my favorite when when that photo appeared in her Instagram video. I just love it. So basically, it shows one kid trying to basically probably do schoolwork or carry out distance learning on her laptop. Across from her at the table is her parent that looks super stressed out by work or whatever's going on her laptop. Mm -hmm. But then front and center is someone, a little girl that looks about preschool age, and she's dressed as Princess Elsa from Frozen. And she appears to be like shouting or singing, and Kate kind of makes that nod to let it go. So it's, I think it's very hilarious and real. And I- she I, quickly ID'd that movie too. It was like, you know that Charlotte's watching she knows Frozen. Princess movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I think that Charlotte and maybe George and Louis are also Frozen. I yeah. love Frozen. I don't think there's any way you can't with Olaf in it. Yeah. So I feel I, like she <laughs> she immediately like was like, Oh yeah, that's she's saying like, let it go. Been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I think it's I have to ask you, like, do you think that I mean all the photos that are cropping up, I guess it's the proof of what you can pull off with your smartphone. You know, it's these are a lot mostly, you know, other than Chris Jackson who submitted a photo, as we know, it's not professional photographers. And that photo that like all the photos that she showed in that in that Instagram reel uh were really high quality stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I really love seeing it. And I, I think that it just proves how timely this campaign is and and also it's a testament to Kate's presence. We talked about last week how she's been commenting and signing C and really really going above and beyond. I love her efforts on this. And I think it really helps that you we know that her passion is photography and I think that like that has shown so clearly in the way that she's participated in this like writing people back and showing showcasing photos like this is truly one of her favorite hobbies and you know activities that she she is passionate about and so I think that uh, that kind of I hope we see more of the endeavors yeah, it like shines this. through how passionate she is but I feel that yeah, exactly. also when she does like parenting causes and and things like that I think for yeah, the younger you know true. the early years project that she did I think that when it's really yeah. kind of her purview and her direct experience it really does or, or interest as you said I think that it um it does really it kind of makes her you can tell yeah you can yeah. tell that she is so so um so into it and like her showcasing these photos it felt like she was like showing one of her good friends like these photos that have been submitted and how proud she was that people are submitting these wonderful pictures of their everyday life and um to be able to kind of bring people together in that way I think yeah. that that's just been a wonder and I'm so excited to see like all the winners that she selects too I, I mean, know I can't can you wait. imagine being selected and to be in the National Portrait Gallery, which she probably will go visit once it's safe and like look at your photo and have a picture well, taken with it. It might be a virtual exhibition. I wonder if they are going to turn it into a it, like, oh, I thought inside. it was a gallery. I think right now it's virtual, but I'm I'm curious what they'll do once we can go back to like once right. the museums reopen and all that stuff. I bet right. I bet. I mean, they can't not. I I would think it they'd has have to be a to. temporary they'd exhibition. Have to. It's yeah. the Duchess of Cambridge. We got right. to support that. Um, but this also this Instagram video gave us a different view of their Anmer Hall home. Um, That's right, which is interesting. In this like window or something. But I have a theory, Roberta. I wanted to share with you. Ooh, what's so, your theory? Okay, so um, Kate is standing kind of in front of a window in this new view. Um, mm-hmm. Just and just because of all the setup complications we've had doing content at home, um, I feel like she has to have a ring light. <laughs> Because interesting, how, how is she not silhouetted against the backdrop of that window with it and right how behind is she her? Not backlit. Yeah, you're so right. She I must. Just, I watched it so many times. Their social like, media team has everything. They yeah, uh, th- they must not, have. 
It's not yeah. expensive to get a ring light. I, I researched it for a different story. So <laughs> how much is it? How much? I is think it? you can, you can actually get like a fifty dollars version. You can even get a twenty dollars version nowadays. I think everyone's you know shooting content at home, so I'm sure the quality matters. But um, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is, <laughs> and I love the curtains that you can see in the background. They're very fancy and have like tassels on them. And I was just picturing their decor is probably so elevated and elegant and beautiful. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, one one last question I had is um, if you, if any rower is listening, um, whether they're, I guess you have to be based in the UK, if you've submitted photos for the Hold Still um, campaign, please email us and let us know. We'd love to kind of know about that and shout them out on the podcast. Yes. I'd love to see your submissions too. Yeah. And one other quick Kate Middleton update of the week. Um, she hired, she actually hired a new private secretary, Hannah Coburn Logie. Um, Hannah replaces Catherine Quinn, who stepped down after working for the Duchess for two years. So this is kind of a big, a big role in, in, you know, Kate's day-to-day workings and royal um, involvement and engagements. Um, she's already started the job Hannah has, and her role will, is um, to help Kate plan and schedule her appointments as well as accompany her on engagements post-COVID. Wow. But, what, but what's really interesting is, you know, she's not just um, – I thought this – she. Hannah led and organized Kate and William's Royal Tour of India and Bhutan in 2016, and she was actually awarded an OBE, an Order of the British Empire, for services to the UK-India relationship after execute, executing that so well. Wow. Um, so she knows Kate and William. This isn't yeah, like... Yeah. It's not like a blind hire or anything like that. Wow. Where they, um And it supposedly took Kate a long time to fill the role. But I thought that what's interesting is this... This person is actually a pretty pivotal part of their team because um, Catherine Quinn didn't just do the scheduling. She actually played a huge role in Kate's earlier's project, which aimed to steer kids away from addiction and crime. So I think, you know, as they start to come out of these socially distanced events, I think that she'll have, a, a you know, quite a lot of involvement in what Kate participates in. Totally. And I think, too, like, as we see the royals go back to uh, the outside world and, you know, go to these different locations and stuff. I think that's going to take so much preparation and precaution. And so I think that's a huge role to come into and probably speaks volumes of Hannah Coburn. Lo- is that how you say it? Logie? Coburn I Logie? Co- I think Coburn Logie. Yeah. Yeah. So research, I'm yeah. sure that they wanted to hire someone that they felt comfortable taking on this monumental task of sending the royals back out into the world and mm-hmm. figuring out the proper way to, you know, greet someone when you can't shake their hand. They do so much handshaking and so much, you know, face to face interaction. That's going to be it's going to be a lot of coordination to figure it's out. Be a lot. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. A big job. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited to see more from them as they emerge from lockdown. So before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So my low this week is, of course, the Jessica Mulroney controversy. So if you missed it, which I, it's been everywhere, but if you missed it, influencer Sasha Exeter posted an emotional video detailing her social media abuse by Jessica Mulroney, who we all know is Meghan Markle's best friend and who reportedly, Bowie found this out, which I didn't know, watched Archie while Meghan and Harry finished up their royal duties in March. I think it's um, assumed that she did, yeah. Assumed, yeah, that Mm -hmm. she watched him while they, because they had been staying in Canada, then went back to the UK. Um, So I think that it was reported Jessica watched him during that time. So there are a few nuances to this whole, um, and I don't want to call it a dispute or an argument because that downplays what it really was, which is that Jessica Mulroney Uh, kind of was publicly apologizing to Sasha about the way she had acted, but then privately threatening her still. And so it was really this like awful, awful situation. Um, So Mulroney apologized and admitted her threat to Exeter, including taking legal action, which she called a liable suit, which she means liable suit, uh, was wrong and was due to her white privilege, but she couldn't help bringing Megan into the conversation. Yeah. there's so many problems with this. One being that because of Mulroney's white privilege, she felt she was able to apologize publicly, but then also threaten Exeter privately. And Sasha Exeter, by the way, is an influencer in Canada as well. So they kind of run in the same circles, not quite, because I think mm-hmm. Jessica Mulroney is like on such um, a huge uh, scale as far as like she has her TV show on CTV, which is called I Do Redo, her wedding show, which... Uh, got pulled from CTV. Um, she, 
you know, but the, still, her husband both, too is yeah, the, her husband is the um, son of the former prime minister and all yes. that stuff. So she has a different kind of status level. Yeah, and, yeah. He's now it's he, he's still a TV anchor on CTV um, and TV host, um, but still they kind of do they knew each other before and uh, Mulroney took offense when uh, Sasha Exeter posted just kind of not even called anyone out specifically. That was the part that I thought was really interesting is she didn't actually call her out. It was just like a general call. Sasha, it was just a general call to action being like, you know, this is going on. Please use your your platform to support black women. And I think that that's where it, to me, it gets, it's so weird that that, that Jessica took personal offense. Right. And that's how I think it all started and how um, Mulroney felt entitled enough to say like I've talked to brands that you work with basically insinuating that and so it was just so 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 bad and so weird to drag Megan's name into it not by name actually but still just like icky all around um there's a really good article um by Kathleen Newman Bremang I hope I'm not butchering your name um for Refinery29 that breaks down the media's coverage of the situation as well and how that's kind of problematic but it's um, a great article to kind of refresh yourself on it and um and someone shared it in the Royally Obsessed Facebook group and so that's how I saw it so thank you guys for sharing that um and then Lainey Gossip who we talk about a lot on this show (laughs) covered it as well and has an interesting perspective because she worked with Ben Mulroney and so she knows Jessica has met her a few times, um, has met Megan once, and so she has a really interesting perspective as well. But yeah, terrible, not definitely great. Definitely a, a low. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, my low of the week is um, basically, you know, as we know, we saw on the second Saturday of June, typically we have Trooping the Color, which takes place, and we see the royals we have on the balcony, and so fun and celebratory and great. And we had sort of a pivot on that, obviously, this past weekend. Um, but apparently, 2020 was meant to be the first year that Prince George and Princess Charlotte got to participate in the parade, the, the carriage procession to Buckingham Palace, not just the balcony wave, but we would have actually gotten to see them. We would have seen them in the carriages. In the same way we've seen like, you know, Harry and Meghan and and Camilla and everyone. So I guess my low is to just say, damn you, COVID. (laughs) How dare you make us wait until 2021? We hope for this moment. This shaking at the sky. Damn you. Damn you, COVID. I would love to see George and Charlotte in the carriage. I know. Well, and I thought this was interesting too, because apparently, you know, when William made his carriage debut in 1987, he was five. George is now six, but Charlotte's five. So that's where the timing comes in that we would assume that that's when they would start to appear in the procession. Um, He rode in, in the carriages and he was with Diana and the Queen Mother. And supposedly he kept changing his seats as it moved because he he went from like one side to then sitting between Diana and the queen mother um, just going back and forth because he wanted different views the whole way. So um, I just I can't wait for that opportunity to to see them kind of grow into the roles that they'll have to wait another year. I hope I hope that we get to see that next year. That's interesting, too, because I don't I feel like they don't get to ride in the carriages as much as everyone else. The Mm -mm. kids don't usually or you don't see them. Maybe I mean, because for Megan's wedding, the page boys rode in the Rolls Royce with her or the car that she arrived in but they didn't ride in the carriage I think it's like been an age thing so I think that that's what's all changing and this year robbed us of that of that uh opportunity to watch that we'll have to wait three 365 days we'll be counting down yeah (laughs) the next one (laughs) only 365 days (laughs) and then my high of the week is that we have a new photo of the Cambridges so that's that's a good you know better better uh Prince George and Princess Charlotte Price. news. Yeah, exactly. Um, so last week, Kensington Royal released a new photo of George, Charlotte, and Prince William. And I love that it kind of echoes Meghan and Harry's umbrella photo from the Endeavor Fund Awards last year. So it's a picture of Prince William holding an umbrella and uh, George and Charlotte are walking under it. And it looks like the day that um, they took Princess Charlotte's birthday photos because she's wearing the dress and tights. And um, I... It was taken by Kate Middleton. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really. I think it just proves rainy day photos are the best. I just, they're always my favorites. Like I think I mentioned with Chris Jackson, like Kate Middleton exiting the Kensington Palace, one of his shots with the, with an umbrella. I just, I love the rain. 
I love the they're so like moody or something. And I mo- can understand why because your wedding photos yeah. have umbrellas <laughs> in them. So serving, yeah. No, I, it rained on my wedding day, and I feel like I always think about that. But I, but I think and the that photos it, are beautiful, and they're clear umbrellas, and they look so so pretty. Like, and I there's like a the moodiness to them yeah. that I really I'm really into. But um, but a great I'm into photo it too. And yeah. I know why you're into it. <laughs> You know me too well, Roberta. Um, my my high of the week was just that Prince Charles and Camilla are going back to work. This is huge. I feel like I, we wait majorly buried the lead with this one. But um, <laughs> this week actually marked their first official socially distanced engagement back at it. Um, they visited Gloucestershire Royal Hospital. Am I saying that right? I want to say it's Gloucestershire. Glou- Gloucestershire. Okay. Because... I know, like, makes sense. This is my Massachusetts Gloucester. (laughs) Maybe that is. Maybe Gloucester. It's either Gloucester or Gloucestershire because Leicester Square is actually spelled like Leicester Square in London. So I think there's something weird. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, well, anyways, they went to the hospital to thank key staff who've been working on the front line. And I I thought it was interesting looking at the photos. They stayed outside versus going indoors. They didn't wear masks. I'm not making this a low. It is a high. But I did feel like you can still just make that effort to wear a mask to protect yourself and others. Um, But still, you know, it's just so great to see them out and about. And Camilla had this to say about the visit. There is nothing like being able to thank the NHS staff face-to-face, even if the choreography is a little bit different. They are Britain at its best. And I I feel like personally, I really like that sort of explanation that it's like, even if the choreography is a little bit different, I think that that's a good way to look at what we have ahead for, you know, all of our, all aspects of our lives. It will it's be. It's such a nice, yeah, it's such a nice way to phrase it too. I feel like that's, you know, it's going to be different, but we're, we're going to roll with it. And I yeah. think Prince Charles and Camilla were they seem eager to get out they of the house. They seem so and excited. Get out they look there. great. Um, and so, and according to royal reporter Rebecca English, who works for the Daily Mail, um, Charles and Camilla are actually returning to the royal office again next week to welcome President Macron of France for a socially distanced engagement. Um, and that meeting is in honor of the 80th anniversary of, of General Charles de Gaulle's appel, which was a speech given by the general during World War II. Um, and this was this made me. So excited is that um, English also says that royal that other royals are looking into private socially distanced events, including Kate and William. Um, so not back to public events per usual, but it's a start. And I did want to say that um, thinking about this, do you think we're going to have mask fashion where it's like, I mean, in the sense that Kate and William go out and they are wearing um, a mask to their events if they if they choose to wear one and then it sells out in a second. I mean, yeah, I feel like idea. Yeah, idea. I could so see that. I could so see. I'm excited it's- for that a little bit. Is that weird? <laughs> no, that's not weird. I'll at be all. buying I mean, it. I'm I sure. hope they match their dresses to their masks. Exactly. We We've seen a lot of that in what, the U.S. and different yeah, designer yeah. masks they have. Totally. So just a reminder before we close. Uh, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here is a real review from Olivia Nuff. It says, Dear ladies, I think you two have done a great job at taking on the podcast. I look forward to it every week. I like how you both give thoughtful comments and opinions while also sharing the royal news I need to know. Keep it up. You make my day I set aside to clean my house so much better. Virtual hugs to you both. That Aww, was so sweet. That's so nice. I love it. Yes. So a reminder to subscribe again to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. And then email us at infogallerypodcast.com. And you can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week. God God save save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.